This is Rob Thompson. You're listening to Sports Business Podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi, Lee. This is Rob Thompson. Hi, Rob. Uh, I appreciate you hanging in there with me and jumping on the call. My pleasure. Well, well, thanks for uh, for for joining, and, and uh, I, I I know you're a very busy man, so I just have. Uh, I, I've been a fan for for many years from far away in this industry, so I'll, this is a big honor for me. Oh, that's nice of you to say. So, um, most of my listeners um, and my followers—not um, that I have this huge platform—but I really cater towards young, um, recent graduates, college graduates with sports management degrees, and young professionals. And the the folks that I really like to talk to are folks that have a great story to tell about their their journey in the industry and I find that these students really like to hear how that happened and um, and a- any advice that you give to them so I guess just to just to kind of kick off the first question and then just a lot pitch for you it's just how talk a little bit about if you can how you started in the industry what was that aha moment for you when you first got out of college so I went to Cal Berkeley ended up student body president and I learned everything I needed to negotiate from interacting with Governor Reagan. So every time we (laughs) demonstrated, he cracked down and we had some very interesting discussions. I was a dorm counselor in an undergrad dormitory and they moved while I was going to law school and they moved the freshman football team into the dorm. One of the students, Steve Bartkowski, became the very first pick in the first round of the NFL draft in 1975. And there really wasn't sports agentry as a profession at that point. There was nothing to aspire to. Uh, Most players represented themselves or had their parents or they simply negotiated the contracts uh, and accepted what was given to them. So we ended up having a World Football League competing against the NFL and were able to negotiate the largest rookie contract in uh, NFL history. And we flew into Atlanta to sign the contract. Uh, He was picked by the Falcons uh, the night before, and there were cleat lights flashing in the sky like for a movie (laughs) premiere. A huge crowd was pressed up against a police line, and the first thing we heard was we interrupt the Johnny Carson show to uh, send you to Steve Bartkowski and Lee Steinberg live at the Atlanta airport. And so I looked at him with some bemusement uh, and said, I know we're not in Berkeley anymore. Um, so my dad had my dad had two core values. One was to treasure relationships, especially family. And the second was to try to make a meaningful difference in the world and help people who couldn't help themselves. And I saw that the athletes were the movie stars and celebrities and that if they would go back and retrace their roots, setting up uh, a high school scholarship fund or work for a boys and girls club or a church, they could lay down roots and make a difference in that community. And similarly, at the collegiate level, a number of the players ended up repaying their uh, scholarships. Um, uh, Troy Aikman just donated a million dollars to UCLA. And that bonded them with the alums who could be 
uh, critically important to their second career path. And then at the pro level, we asked athletes to set up charitable and community foundations that would have the leading business figures, political leaders, and uh, community leaders on the board to execute a program. So it was Warg Dunn, the former Atlanta and Tampa Bay running back, uh, just putting the 161st single mother into the first home that she'll own mm. by making the down payment. So the concept was athletes serving as role models, triggering imitative behavior, and uh, that was 1975, and um, in football I ended up with 62 first-round draft picks and the very first pick in the draft eight times and a large baseball practice and basketball and boxing and mm -hmm. many other sports. How much, because I talk a lot about this to student athletes and just students in general, how much is your career, was it based upon relationships? Um, it's entirely based on relationships. Yeah. And yeah. so what I emphasize is listening skills. People think that success in the world is based on suasion or speaking, but really it's the ability to draw out another human being to peel back the layers of the onion until you get deeper and deeper into what someone really feels, what his deepest anxieties and fears are, greatest hopes and dreams. Because if you can see the world the way another person sees it, it helps navigate gracefully through life. So do you think, I mean, is it one of the techniques you teach now in your academy about negotiation? It is always trying to figure out what's the position on the other side of the table first before you try to leverage yours? Absolutely, because understanding the negotiating history of a person, understanding whether he has ultimate authority or has to pass it by through someone uh, above him, what how his standing in his job will be based on the results, what an acceptable solution is for the other person that will also satisfy your goals. Um, all of these are uh, prerequisites to being able to uh, successfully achieve things in the world. What have you, uh, what have you seen in the business that has changed for the good and for the challenging parts of it? Well, the economics are stunning now, and teams that receive $2 million, for example, in the NFL from the national TV contract back in 1975 when I started recently got a check for $244 million for this season. Yeah. Uh, teams yeah. that were valued at $16.5 million like Seattle and Tampa Bay in 1976 have been replaced by the Dallas Cowboys who have a valuation of $4.4 billion. We've seen the growth of the internet which um, has great opportunities for players to brand themselves. It's the currency today with which endorsements are done, with which um, personalities are built, but it also has inherent dangers because um, uh, someone may tweet or send something out over social media without having thought it through, and uh, it ends up creating huge controversy or puts them into some form of trouble. Um, 
the whole world really has changed because television, instead of having three competitive networks, now has 300. So it means more sports content, more games, but also more analysis shows, highlight shows, um, and feature shows. So sports has moved from being one of the interests in the country to a sport like football being not only the most popular sport by two to one, but the most popular form of entertainment because every week um, you have nighttime Nielsen ratings that may have uh, pro football's three of the top five or five of the top ten shows, which means it's more popular as an entertainment form. So 45 million people play fantasy football. That's a new development. Uh, jumbo uh, stadiums with uh, like Dallas's, which might be the only uh, object visible uh, on Earth from space, uh, which has a incredible scoreboard, luxury boxes, premium seating, uh, naming rights, and a whole variety of uh, revenue flows. Do you find that players nowadays, do you find them more prepared to be a pro athlete than they were 30 years ago? Or do you think that there's just a, a economy, there's a shift in the the awareness of the world around them? Do you think guys are a little bit more naive back then or... Well, I think they actually were somewhat more focused on the world in the 70s and 80s yeah. and much more yeah. part of their campuses. And now um, you have athletes who are millennials who have uh, um, learned everything from big screen television and and uh, and telephones. And um, their awareness of the world is not as great now, something like Charlottesville, um, focuses everyone on uh, what the what the real issues are uh, in the world. Um, but the millennial generation has a shorter attention span. Um, mm-hmm. Many people uh, are afraid to hire them because they feel there's a uh, sense of entitlement um, that and a lack of understanding um, the work that goes into success, but more of a desire to, you know, drive a BMW today, uh, less attention to detail. That is not so true of athletes because um, they understand how heavy the competition is, what the uh, rewards are, and um, they live very well on structure. In other words, following rules, meeting deadlines, being on time, uh, understanding that, especially in adversity, the need to be able to elevate one beyond the current problems, to adopt a quiet mind, and to focus on the task at hand is uh, key. Well, as a as a uh, former general manager in the Arena Football League, there was always guys out there that, you know, that I rooted for. And you know, a lot of times I want you, you call them underdogs or tweeners or guys that are on the fence, and guys that you're just were always in my in my book were never the stars, but always such great teammates and players. Who's who's that guy or or a couple guys for you that? maybe weren't household names that you represented, but you just did it because you just love these guys so much and you just wanted to help them succeed. 
You know, it starts for me back with Warren Moon, who later did become a big star, but for his first six yeah. years uh, played in Canada. But he had a massive heart, knew what it was to be a role model, was uh, someone with exemplary uh, work habits, and um, was able to be patient enough to spend six years in Canada, which then set him up to be the um, player who who was uh, the highest paid player uh, coming back in, into the NFL. And so, you know, he had perspective. Some of our earlier clients, there was a place kicker named Rolf Panerska, who kicked oh, yeah. the Chargers. He ended up having an ostomy, which meant that um, he almost died, but came back and, and kicked under those circumstances and also set up a program called Kicks for Critters, where for every field goal he kicked, he gave funds to the uh, endangered Species Research at San Diego Zoo. So you're looking at, at people, the, most of the Hall of Fame players uh, that I have, and I have nine, are characterized by one thing, which is they studied film. <laughs> they they made a special <laughs> effort to to spend the extra time on their craft to go ahead and um, be completely prepared uh, for a game. And they also had that quality we talked about, which is resilience. You will get knocked down in life. You will have reverses. But what do you do in the face of that? Are you able to um, be resilient, rebound, uh, you know, get up and, and fight again, or, or do you collapse? Yeah, that's that's so true. Those are always the guys, right? Those the high character guys. But you know, I do have a confession to make because I worked for the NFL for for back in the mid '80s, working on all their um, their player development programs and their global fan development pro programs and. I do have a confession, Lee, that I, I will admit it now to you that I did sneak into your your Super Bowl party in San Diego. So you know, don't hold that against <laughs> well, me. <laughs> you know, you're, you're welcome to do it. I mean, we hold that party really to do yeah. uh, a cross-section of uh, owners, general managers, players, directors of uh, yeah. player personnel, but then um, – uh, people from business and and uh, and motion pictures and all sorts of things, and we now give out philanthropic awards to a owner, general manager, coach, current player, retired player for what they do off the field. So we're able to honor Clark Hunt uh, this year and uh, Rick Smith awesome. of of Houston and and Bruce Arians of the Cardinals and uh, Steve Smith. Uh, Senior and and Warren Moon. Well, I'm glad that it's still the the ticket to get at the Super Bowl. I know how <laughs> uh, how hard it was, and, and it was such a wonderful, wonderful event. So, what's next, Lee? I mean, I know you're starting your academy. I see all the thi all the uh, the posts on LinkedIn, and it just I know that there's such a disconnect now with you know an accelerator program that's such a need you know to get kids trained and and kind of put up without having to spend four years somewhere or post-college. Is this part of what your, you know, your legacy that you want to leave? Yes, it's to train a new generation of sports professionals with ethics, 
ideals and with a methodology that works in terms of being successful. So people go to law school, they go to business school, they go to sports marketing programs, and they learn the theories of uh, these concepts, but very little practical. So in our agent academies, we've done 14 of them, and we plan to expand to a larger educational platform. We actually teach people um, listening skills, Again, how to get in the heart and mind of another person, how to negotiate, how to recruit, how to brand, how to market, how to set up a charitable foundation, how to deal with crisis control, and do a series of exercises where they actually have to try and recruit uh, an actual athlete, Patrick Mahomes, uh, was the athlete in, in Dallas, and, and then parents, um, uh, Jamal Williams' mom played the mother in one of the role, and then we have them do mock negotiations where um, one side plays general managers and the other side plays uh, player agents. Um, in addition to that, I think athletes have such a, a, a tremendous opportunity to impact social conditions. So you take a problem like bullying, and the athletes sit on top of the food chain in most middle schools and high schools. So if you can have uh, professional and collegiate athletes training high school athletes how to be proponents of tolerance and not the bullies themselves, you can do something to relieve the pain and suffering that people who get bullied um, have to deal with. Um, we're still moving on the issue of concussion because um, in the sport of football, it's um, uh, really the existential challenge to the sport. So it's awareness, but then it's the right age to start, it's the right um, equipment to use, it's better helmetry, it's a whole package um, of, of things. So, and you know, I'm getting ready to write another book. They're doing a documentary um, sort of uh, on, on my life, and, and we've got more sports films um, that I'll be the creative consultant for. So it, it's generally the ability to utilize the tools uh, today of uh, mass communication to try to spread uh, some values that uh, one person can make a difference in the world and that people can use sports um, for example, in climate change, by taking sustainable technology and wind, solar, recycling, uh, resurfacing and water and putting them into stadia, arena, and practice fields to drop carbon emissions and energy costs and then transform them into educational platforms. So millions of fans go, they see a waterless urinal, they see a solar panel, and they think about how they can put those operations into their own homes and businesses. So it's trying to expand the parameters of uh, what, what sports can mean to society. So how do people find out about your sports agency? What website would they go to? Um, they would go to steinbergsports.com slash agent academy, and they can uh, find out. I wrote a book called The Agent, which is still selling, which is my uh, 40 years in uh, making deals and changing the game. Um, 
it's uh, but the best thing for people to do that want to break into our business is to get an internship somewhere to work for a team or a league, a conference or a college, a players association, sports marketing, sports television, um, sports PR or, or an agency and, and get inside the organization and then make themselves invaluable, make themselves irreplaceable by becoming a font of knowledge about everything and the go-to person. Um, and I think that um, that kind of practical experience will um, uh, jumpstart someone's career. Yeah, well, you just answered my last question, which was going to be what advice would you give somebody? But um, I know I've taken up enough of your time, and, and I truly, truly am honored, Lee. And uh, you're such a true gentleman. You're exactly what I thought you would be um, talking to on the phone. And, and your generosity of, with your time, the impact that you've made on players' lives and people's lives, uh, you deserve everything you had. And, uh, and the respect level that you have in this industry for people who are in it, like myself, for 25 years, you know, I aspire to be someone like you, Lee. So I just want you to know that. And uh, there's a lot of people that have a tremendous amount of admiration for you. And um, so I wish you the best and continued success. And if you do see me at the next Super Bowl sneaking into your party, please don't throw me out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we throw the party to engender goodwill. I guarantee you there's no one throwing anybody out. But anyway, it's been a pleasure talking to you and good luck to you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.